Welcome to It Came From The Deep, a narrative podcast series based on the novel by best-selling author Maria Lewis. Chapter 6. The night air was cool on Kaya's skin as she took off her clothes. It wasn't quite far enough from winter for her not to feel this, so she gritted her teeth as she laid her hoodie down on the soft grass and wiggled out of her tights. She let her toes curl over the edge of the path that dropped off into Lake Palutz. The water was still, as usual, but tonight it seemed even more so. It was a clear evening and the starry sky was reflected perfectly in the surface of the lake. If anyone was watching, it would have looked like Kai was diving into the universe as she took a deep breath and leapt off the path. She relished the sensation of the water running over her swimsuit and through her hair as she propelled forward and down into the depths. Stay calm, she told herself, rising to the surface. Keep calm. If she was going to get eaten by some mysterious sea creature, well, then that was what was going to happen. But no, Kaya had faith that she had been saved, not spared. Whatever was down here had saved her life once, so she prayed it wasn't in the mood to eat her. The nights of sneaking out had showed Kaya that the thing didn't like it when she came with someone else. Those nights were the quietest, most inactive. If there was something there, it wanted her alone. And it also wasn't willing to come to her. She would have to go to it. So there she was, swimming out into the middle of a lake at 1.30am in the morning, doing her best to put all thoughts of Mama Water out of her head. Yup, Kaya felt like she was definitely on the cuckoo's nest side of crazy. With her eyes shut and her head trying to keep a thousand different terrifying scenarios at bay, Kaya purposefully swam on until she guessed she was in the middle of the lake. She stopped slowly and lifted up her head, treading water. She had swum almost exactly to the centre of Lake Palutz. Now she just had to wait. The tension was building in her body and she found herself calculating the distance to the shore on every side. As her heartbeat raced, she didn't feel the same confidence she had some minutes earlier. Rather, she was beginning to feel like this wasn't a good idea. In a bid to calm herself, she took a deep breath and plunged under the water, using her hands to push herself downwards. Somehow, almost everything seemed better underwater. On instinct, she opened her eyes and saw nothing but black water surrounding her. Preparing to kick her way to the surface, Kaya spun around and saw a face. A stream of bubbles escaped her mouth as she screamed. She slapped a hand over her lips to stop them. There, under the surface of Lake Palutz, was the face of a man staring back at her. Not much older than she was, he was looking intently at Kaya with what could only be described as avid curiosity. She didn't trust herself to remove her hands from her lips. She feared the second she did, more screams would emerge. So she left them where they were and used her flailing legs to keep herself under the water. Unnatural blue eyes stared at Kaya through a mop of black hair that blended perfectly into the colour of the water. The pale grey shade of his skin was offset by a heavy beard 
that started under his nose and seemed to consume the bottom half of his face. The facial hair hid most of his neck, but it couldn't hide the lean, muscular torso that extended beneath it. Kaya followed the path of eight perfectly formed abdominals and pronounced hip bones to see something that made her choke on the water she had been trying to block out. As she coughed, she inhaled more fluid and in a fit of heaving gestures, kicked to the surface. Kaya burst through the water, retching and spluttering as she tried to digest what she had just seen. A fishtail. The man had a fishtail. Where the bottom half of a normal guy would be, legs, butt, penis, feet, toes, his body turned into a single limb covered in grey scales. It looked long, but she hadn't got a good glance at it before she spluttered her way to the surface. Kaya was still coughing when a black head silently popped up beside her. She stared at him, eyes wide, while taking loud, deep gulps of air. Don't be frightened, he said, in a voice so soft and quiet it brought on a whole new wave of choking. What are you? She asked through strangled breaths. Amos, he said, thrusting a hand through the water at her. Freezing on the spot, Kaya stared at the sudden grin that had emerged within the black wilderness of his beard. A row of perfectly white, slightly serrated teeth lined what would otherwise be a friendly smile. Amos, she repeated. She slid her fingers to her carotid artery, feeling her thumping pulse and just double-checking that she wasn't actually dead. Nope, still very much alive. Moving her hand slowly through the water, Kaya shook his outstretched limb in a gesture that was made awkward by her need to keep treading water. His skin was oily, much the way a fish's felt, and she jerked her own hand back too quickly. He noticed, with a flash of something crossing his face. They floated there for a time, neither talking, just staring. Finally, she felt the need to break the silence. I'm Kaya, she whispered. I know, he said, still grinning. I heard the police talking about you when they came searching. She must have given him an astonished look because he felt the urge to explain. I watched through the reeds over there. He gestured to a far-off end of the lake where the shallows were covered with long green plants that looked like grass and rustled in the wind. What about when the divers came? She asked, uncertain why she was asking this question and not the most obvious one of, how are you a bloody merman? His smile dropped slightly, but his eyes remained animated as he explained. I followed them for a bit, but they didn't stay around very long. He looked disappointed at that. Given the fact she was having a conversation, an actual conversation with a merman, Kaya initially hadn't noticed the burning in her legs from the exertion of treading water for so long. She was starting to feel it now, however, as the shock wore off. I... I need to sit, she said feebly. He looked from her face and down to her legs, as if remembering they were there for the first time. Over here, he said, pointing at a spot to the left of the reeds. Kaya kicked forward and extended her arms, pulling herself in the direction he had suggested. Her progress was stunted somewhat by her desire to keep her head above water so she could watch Amos's every move. 
Amos. He had a name. The sea creature from deep below had a name, and it was Amos. His shoulders remained above the surface as he moved forward slightly in front of Kaya. He didn't need to use his arms for obvious reasons. He was propelled by the strength and power of his massive tail. Kaya fought an urge to dive under the water and watch. For some reason, she thought that might be intrusive. Instead, she wondered how this could be the same creature she'd been so afraid of. He surged onwards, before looking back at her with an expectant smile and darting across her path. He zigzagged like this all the way to the shore, and it was truly becoming harder and harder to believe that this fish guy could want to eat her. Or maybe that was the point, to seem harmless when in reality he was anything but. Amos hung back as Kaya stretched her feet down and made contact with the sand. Stepping forward like an astronaut trying to walk along the surface of the moon, she stopped when it was shallow enough for her to sit down with the water coming up just below her armpits. Her legs were bent out in front of her and Kaya rested her elbows on her knees as she leaned forward to watch the merman. He stayed where the water was deeper, his tail floating limp while he inched forward lightly, using his hands. It was still dark, but thanks to a slight glow from a far-off streetlight and Kaya's eyes having adjusted to the night, she could still get a fairly good view of him. Until the halfway point, Amos was just a normal man. A fine specimen of a man, Kaya noted, given the definition in his back and the arm muscles that she could see. Her gaze caught on something at the side of his body that was moving. Gills. He had actual gills. Oh my God, she said, her hand instinctively reaching out towards the skin surrounding them. Most of him was still under the surface, and Kaya watched in fascination as the gills expanded and contracted, as Amos's body converted the oxygen in the water like a fish. Her fingers were about to touch the side of his stomach when she paused, suddenly realising what she was doing. Oh, sorry, she mumbled, feeling embarrassed as she slicked her blonde hair back off her face with water. Amos looked from his gills to Kaya's now clenched hand with interest. It's okay, he said, grabbing her wrist. They're just gills. He pressed her palm against them and she let out a small sound of shock as she felt the movement under her fingertips. He held her there for a few seconds before releasing her hand. She drew it back to her body instantly, like her limb was attached with elastic. It can't be covered all the time, Amos said. Otherwise I can't breathe. Kai was still staring at him in disbelief. Where the buttocks on a human would begin, his skin took on a different texture as it evolved into scales. They seemed to be a dark grey colour, but as the water glided over them and they reflected against the surface, she thought of them as closer to blue. The tail extended some four feet before splitting into two opposing directions, much like a dolphin's tail. Her gaze returned to his skin, the pallor of which looked similar to a normal human, but as if it had been left in the water too long, so it was a faint grey. Kaya reached out again, examining his expression to make sure it was okay. Can I? He nodded. She touched his exposed shoulder blade as it sat out of the water. His skin felt strangely just like her own, except there was a certain... 
She wouldn't exactly describe it as slipperiness, but as she ran her hand over his shoulder and down his arm, there was a texture to his dry skin that made it feel as if it was still submerged in the water. She followed the trail of her fingertips with her eyes and let out a gasp of surprise when she saw intricate silver patterns forming. They were identical to the shape of his scales and appeared raised off his skin like goosebumps. Kaya's nose was inches from his skin as she examined the effect her touch had on the strange surface. I'm not crazy, she muttered, feeling a newfound appreciation for her brain. Despite everything she'd been through, the horror and the doubt that followed, she had remembered this. Her mind had filed away the details, from the colour of his skin to the patterns that decorated it. Why would you think you're crazy? He asked. She blinked, looking at his expression closely to see if he was as genuinely confused by her comment as he sounded. Because I'm sitting here talking to a merman, a living, breathing merman with gills and the whole package. I'm an aquatic humanoid, actually. There was an air of recital as he said those words, something that made Kaya think he'd said them many times before. Who told you that? She asked. Told me what? That you're a, how did you say it? Aquatic humanoid. That's it. He shrugged, nonchalant. There was a sadness underlying his words. My father said merman or mermaid was what they used to call us in myths. You have parents? She questioned, suddenly looking around as if an entire family of aquatic humanoids would pop up at a moment's notice. Where's your father? I don't know. Amos whispered something like hurt and confusion crossing his features. He flipped over from his stomach until he was on his back, body propped up on his elbows. We used to live over there, he said, pointing to the opposite side of the lake and a long house that was sitting in darkness. He used to take me swimming in here on special occasions. I thought we were going somewhere better the last time I saw him. He said we were preparing for a trip, but his brow crinkled as he recalled the memory. He was destroying everything. All his work, the computers, everything. And then he let me go. He pressed a button and the next thing, all the water was sucked out and I ended up at the bottom of the lake. You were in a tank. Kai tried to imagine a tank big enough to fit him and thought it would have to be closer to a pool. Even then, a big pool. Yes, he nodded. Sometimes I'd stay in the tank Sometimes I'd stay in a pool that was long and narrow. A lap pool, Kaya offered. That's it. Father added a, a drain, I think is the word your people use. He had transferred me to the pool that night, which is something he only ever did when I was getting to swim in the lake. He hit the button and whoosh, here I was. I kept waiting for him to come. I knew it was dangerous to be seen, so I only looked at night but the house was full of people for a time. And then nothing. No one ever came back. That was a while ago, and I think surely he must be dead. He would never leave me otherwise. A long pause hung in the air between them as Kaya pondered the weirdness of her current situation. Amos seemed to be thinking about his father, his family, but truthfully, she had no idea what kind of thoughts would occupy a merman's mind. What month is it? he asked suddenly, breaking the silence. 
It's August? August 20. August, he repeated, mulling it over. I've been here for five months. You've been here by yourself in Lake Palutz for five months? Yes, he nodded. What have you been eating? The question was out of her mouth before she had a chance to stop herself. Kai swallowed an unwelcome thought about stray swimmers. There are plenty of fish in the lake, or at least there were to begin with. I have to eat them raw, which I like because father never let me do that. But there are less fish now. Sometimes I steal food that people leave behind close to the shore if the birds haven't eaten it. Or if I look really carefully for them, I can find some fish deep at the bottom. The salmon you keep leaving is good. Kai grinned. So that was you. You did the smiley face. Yes, I'm glad you saw it. Do you have any more? Oh, no, I didn't bring any food with me. He looked disappointed, and Kai thought about how hard it must be relying on other people's scraps. I ate the fish too quickly in the beginning because I thought father would come back, Amos said. By the time I realised he wouldn't, I had to learn other ways. I can come back tomorrow with food, Kai said cautiously. I can bring as much of it as you need. Really? Of course. You're stuck here and you're hungry. It's the least I can do. You saved my life. They both paused at that. It was a topic they had been dancing around, but now there was no avoiding it. You're not afraid of me then? He asked the question so meekly, Kai was surprised at the trepidation behind it. As long as you give me nothing to be afraid of, she said, watching his face for any clue as to what he was thinking. When he said nothing, she pushed on. I was afraid that night, and then afterwards, I guess, but my friend Cabby would call me reckless. Fear got replaced with me obsessing over what I saw and whether or not I had lost it. Lost it? Gone crazy, she explained. Cabby, she was the woman you came here with. Uh-huh. She's a good pal. She looks out for me. Kaya had a weird moment of clarity then, and a deep internal shiver passed through her. He noticed, leaning back slightly. You should go, he said. Your body doesn't run like mine. You humans get cold if you stay in water too long. She nodded, feeling the full extent of just how freezing she was for the first time. Her teeth started to chatter as she got to her feet, carefully climbing up the ledge that led back to the path that wrapped around Lake Palutz. Looking back at Amos as he slipped into deeper water, there was one more thing she had to know. You pulled me to the surface, didn't you? Kai asked, the words coming out as almost a stutter as she stood there, shivering. And dragged me to shore. He nodded. I thought I was too late at first. You were floating there like you were frozen. Once I got you to shore, I could see you were still breathing, so I just waited until you woke. Why? She asked softly. You didn't deserve to die. He stated it as if it was a fact of the universe. How do you know? Maybe I did. Amos considered her carefully as she said this. No, you don't. I can tell. A bad person wouldn't fight that hard to survive. A bad person wouldn't have come back every night afterwards. Kaya smiled, not quite agreeing with his theory and feeling as if goodbye 
didn't necessarily fit this scenario. I'll see you tomorrow, she said. She had already turned and started walking away when she heard his reply slide over the surface of the water towards her. It was nice to meet you, Kaya. This chapter of It Came From The Deep was read by Sophie Parr and produced by Adam Boys at Thaumaturgy Post Production Services. It Came From The Deep is the third novel from Maria Lewis and available physically from all good bookstores and library as well as online. It's also part of her Aurealis award-winning Supernatural Sister series, which includes Who's Afraid, Who's Afraid 2, Who's Still Afraid, The Witch Who Caught a Death, The Wailing Woman, The Rose Daughter, and more. This is the narrative podcast series with new chapters releasing every week and bonus episodes dropping in between with author Maria Lewis and myself, Blake Howard, breaking down the plot, inspirations, and writing process. It Came From The Deep is part of One Heat Minute Productions.